That's how you generate a lobby group. And that's what the recreational sector has begun. And they're very good at putting fear into um, the public mind, you know, fear that commercial fishers, you know, are going to pillage the sea. That's the last thing that a commercial fisher wants, because if they do that, then they don't have the fish for the future. So Today on Dirty Linen, we are sticking with the huge topic of Port Phillip Bay and local seafood. Our guest today is Joanne Butterworth-Gray. She is the Independent Chair of Seafood Industry Victoria, a wealth of knowledge about all matters fishing in the bay. Joanne, welcome to Dirty Linen. Thank you so much, Danny. It's great to be with you. I'd love you to start by just giving me a bit of an overview of your role and what Seafood Industry Victoria is all about. Yeah, sure. So Seafood Industry Victoria is um, there to represent commercial fishers and various points along the supply chain. Most importantly, it's about ensuring that there's a, um, a viable and sustainable commercial fishing industry for Victoria that, you know, puts uh, Victorian seafood um, in the, you know, fishmongers and on the plates of Victorians um, and, you know, gives Victorians the opportunity to enjoy what's really unique and special about Victorian seafood. And is uh, what's your, uh, I guess, personal connection to it? Are you a, a seafood lover? Have you Are you a food industry person? How do you come to be in this role? Uh, look, I'm a seafood lover. Um, I've been in agribusiness uh, for 40 years. Um, I, I'm not a fisher. I, I get seasick, so I'm hopeless out on a boat. But um, <laughs> I love my seafood. And and I'm passionate about making sure that, you know, as um, Victorians, that we've got access to local seafood and at affordable prices. Um, you know, not everyone can afford, you know, a $100 cray, but we should be able to afford to buy some King George Whiting or, um, you know, Rock Flathead, whatever it might be. Absolutely. Oh, it's such a... It's such a pleasure to enjoy local seafood in local restaurants and to be able to buy it for home as well. Um, so... There's a we're in a great period of change for commercial fishing in Victoria. Can you give a bit of an overview of what's happening from your perspective? Yeah, so look, the Victorian um, government, the Andrews government, came in on an election commitment in 2014 to remove um, uh, uh, commercial fish. Sorry, to remove netting from Port Phillip Bay, uh, Western Port Bay, Corio Bay. Now that that was fine. In the process, there were about forty-three fishers that um, fished in those waters, and um, so there's a lot of uh, discussions and negotiations. And um, as a result, um, only eight of the fishers are left. So the balance, what's that, 35, um, received a buyout package, which meant that, you know, there's actually only eight licensed fishers in um, Port Phillip Bay um, that can provide fish for Victorian consumers. And in the balance of Victoria, there's only 18 down at Corner Inlet. Um, and then there's various other fishing licenses down in the western part of the state and in the Commonwealth waters. But, you know, what it means is we've actually only got eight fishers fishing in Port Phillip Bay. And, I mean, people would hear this on face value and they think, well, there must be issues with sustainability. Um, 
yeah, that there, there mustn't be enough fish to supply, you know, a huge city like Melbourne and all the, you know, cities and towns around the state. I mean, is that, is that the case? No, that's absolutely not the case. Um, look, I think if we were to talk, you know, sort of 30 years ago, um, the commercial fishing industry probably didn't have um, a really positive reputation about understanding, you know, um, the environmental um place in which they worked and, you know, ensuring sustainability of the resource. But practices have changed and, you know, we've got um, young and old, older men, women who are fishing and they are very aware that they're custodians of the sea, just like a farmer farming their land. A fisher is a custodian of the environment in which they're uh, producing food or catching food. So I think, you know, the... The notion that, um, oh, maybe there's not enough fish, um, that's a nonsense. What the Andrews government commitment was all about was trying to get um, to reallocate the resource from commercial fishing to recreational fishing. And so they had this program called Target One Million, trying to get one million, you know, Victorians out there fishing across Port Phillip Bay, etc. Um, it hasn't succeeded. I think there's about 250,000 um, recreational licences, certainly not a million. But um, I can say that, you know, even in talking with recreational fishers that go out to Port Phillip Bay, they say there's oodles of fish out there. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. So there's plenty of fish for um, commercial and recreational. And when you think about it, you know, there's, I don't know what, 250,000 you know, represents in terms of population. It's probably about 2% of Victoria's population. Um, you know, surely the other 98% should be able to access some um, fish caught from Port Phillip Bay. It, it's, a, it's a lovely notion that, you know, people go out on their tinny um, on the weekend and catch fish for their family and perhaps give a few to the neighbours. Uh, but, like, personally, I've never had anybody offer me fish. I don't have a boat. I'm not going to get one. Um, the only thing I've ever caught uh, off a line um, is a boot. Uh, and I really value access to to local seafood. So it, it, I just don't really understand the politics behind it. It's Is it that recreational fishers are a lobby group and seafood eaters such as myself are not? Very much so. Um, so the recreational fishers, there's a lot of money invested at the top of the recreational um, fishing sector. And so that's a powerful lobby group into government. And, you know, this is not just about the Andrews government, it's any colour government. And that lobby group, is saying, okay, you know, you made a commitment to give us back the resource. But the trouble is that, you know, if that's 2% of the population, the other 98%, people like you and I who don't have a tinny, you know, we want access to the resource as well. It is a public resource after all. But what is the motivation of the rec fishers to um, reserve access for themselves? Uh, look, that's really hard to unpack. I've tried to understand it. I think it's a fear that there won't be fish there for him, for them, sorry. Um, and it's probably a bit of, you know, lack of knowledge that, uh, just how, um, how environmentally sound the waters of Port Phillip Bay, um, are now. And so, you know, a bit of ignorance, a bit of fear, and a bit of, um, oh, just, how do I say it? Almost like a bit of bullying, you know. 
should be mine. You know, I should be able to go out there and catch what I want rather than, you know, commercial fishers being able to make money on it. And I don't think they realise that, you know, no different to any other farmer. A commercial fisher is making money to provide food for Victorian people, people like you and I. There's a change um, as of the 1st of April 2022 as regards the catch limits for the remaining licence holders in Port Phillip Bay. Can you talk about that and the impact that it may have? Oh, gosh, yes. So um, we've been negotiating with the Victorian Fisheries Authority for eight months now on what the catch limits will be after the 1st of April. In the legislation that came in in 2016, I think it was, um, the legislation said that uh, there will be uh, a snapper quota, which is 11 tonne of snapper per year per licence holder. So that's a total of 88 tonne of snapper. On top of that, it, um, the fishers were to have what they call bycatch, which is other species they can catch. We had uh, negotiated with the Victorian Fisheries Authority as of about three weeks ago to have 18 tonne of bycatch. Unfortunately, the recreational sector found out about that, kicked up an absolute, you know, up in arms across social media and, you know, said how terrible this would be for um, the Bay and for the people who wanted to go wreck fishing. And so now the Victorian Fisheries Authority has regulated that it will only be three tonne. And so what we've got is, you know, Fishers, generational fishers, who believed that they would have, um, you know, a viable living based on 11 tonne of snapper plus what they thought was going to be 18 tonne of bycatch, and it's now reduced to 11 tonne of snapper plus 3 tonne of bycatch, and they can't make a living out of that. So the value of their licence is therefore diminished because the catch limits have been reduced? Absolutely. If you don't have a viable business, it's the same as any other business. If it's not viable, if you can't cover the costs of running the business and employing people, then the value of your asset you know, isn't worth much at all, is it? And that's the problem. Their asset is their licence. These men, you know, many of them are in their late 60s into their 70s. Yeah. If they want to be able to sell their licence, it's worth a pittance now. So these eight fishes that we're talking about that are catching the snapper and have this bycatch limit as well, they're the they're line fishes. Um, there's also the issue around net fishing, um, and that's you know the main catch for net fishing, as I understand it, is, is sardines, and we're 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 losing all access to net fish sardines in the bay, which I which means all sardines because no one's going to catch a sardine on a line. Um, so, I mean, is this part of the same story where it's lobbying by recreational fishers to have commercial fishers out of their out of their waters, as they say it? Yes. Yeah. Look, I think um, all nets will be removed from Port Phillip Bay. That was the commitment made by the Andrews government, and so that does therefore pull in um, the sardine fishery as well. That that's now removed from Port Phillip Bay. Um, the trouble with nets is it's, um, you know, they, it's designed to catch a huge amount of fish, whereas the gear that the eight licence holders will use after the 1st of April is only long line, right? It's not nets at all. 
And yes, you're right, you can't catch sardine on lines. So um, it means that there won't be a sardine fishery in Port Phillip Bay. So, I mean, as, as Seafood Industry Victoria Chair, it feels like the industry is being pulled away from you. Like, what is the Victorian seafood industry? Yes, that's the feeling I've got. I mean, yes, okay, we can remove nets from Port Phillip Bay, but to remove the amount of bycatch from eight decent people means, well, what what are we going to fish in Victoria? We've removed netting from Gippsland Lakes. Uh, we've got very limited um, capacity at Corner Inlet. And you, you start to wonder about the um, government and the Victorian Fisheries Authority commitment to a commercial fishing industry. You know, this is a generational con- contributor to the Victorian economy, the lives and the well-being of um, Victorian communities. And I really wonder, you know, what do they want? Don't they want us to have a commercial fishing industry? I mean, bycatch sort of has odd connotations. It's sort of, you know, people might think of, you know, uh, other species that are inedible or perhaps, um, you know, endangered caught in nets. But I think it's important to point out we're talking about things like um, what, what sort of fish are we talking about in t- when we're talking bycatch? Yes, that's a really good point. And generally um, uh, I refer to it as secondary catch. However, it's referred to as bycatch by the Victorian Fisheries Authority. But the species that we're talking about are the everyday species such as um, flathead, King George whiting, gummy shark. I mean, don't you long to have gummy shark in the local fish and chip shop? Um, that's the sort of um, uh, secondary species that we're talking about. All right. And they're all able to be caught in that way, um, you know, within sustainable limits. Yes. So the... um, what the, what the VFA is calling bycatch limits in Port Phillip Bay, that will exclude King George whiting, for example. You can't catch that if you're a commercial fisher in, in Port Phillip Bay and after the um, 1st of April. You can catch um, flathead, you can catch a, a small amount of um, gummy shark um, and you can catch calamari, um but, uh, yeah, the, the highly prized species like um, King George Whiting or Kingfish, no, we're not allowed to catch anymore. Yeah. I mean, it seems really sad when we think about, you know, how much especially people have connected with local food and, and local food ways during the past couple of years of, you know, supply chain disruption, that we've got a resource that's <clears throat> on our doorstep that we're losing access to. I think one of the impacts that perhaps people wouldn't think of, <clears throat> oh, my goodness, I think one of the impacts that people wouldn't think of, first of all, is is the generational disruption that occurs when there um, when people have this inability to make a living. I mean, when we're talking about these eight fishes, like who are they? Who are we talking about? And if they're not able to fish um, viably for a few years, is there a danger that you know someone else wouldn't pick this business back up if the if the um, regulations change down the track? Yes, so there's two parts to what you're saying there. The first part is around the impact of um, two years of a pandemic and that real push to, you know, to buy local, to support uh, local industry um, and also the the consequent impact on supply chains and the fact that, you know, it's actually very difficult to, um, to ensure that uh, we can 
that imports will keep coming in. And so therefore we need to have a strong and viable local food source and that includes seafood. The second part that you talked about is, you know, what's the, what's the future of commercial fishing in Victoria? And if you've got these men, and they are eight men, and some of them, you know, are in their late 70s, um, if they give up and, you know, their licence is either sold on for a pittance or not fished, what happens to our commercial fishing industry in Victoria? Does it just die out? Is that really what the government wants to have happen? I doubt it. Um, so, you know, somehow or other we've got to try and build up, you know, sort of public demand for local food, um, you know, bring back the buy local campaign around seafood. And if we can do that, hopefully we will influence the government. And I mean, I've got no problem with someone loving fishing and going out fishing and, you know, catching fish recreationally, but why do you think they have so much power as a lobby group? Um, look, there's big investment in certain businesses that support the recreational fishing sector. Um, and you look at the uh, Port Phillip Bay, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of affluence right on the bay itself. And I think that, you know, that breeds affluence, wealth, um, and, you know, alignment or linkages into the recreational sector supply chain. It breeds um, potential for power and influence. And, you know, I'm being really candid here. That's, that's how you generate a, lo a lobby group. And that's what the recreational sector has begun. And they're very good at putting fear into um, the public mind, you know, fear that commercial fishers, you know, are going to pillage the sea. That's the last thing that a commercial fisher wants because if they do that, then they don't have the fish for the future. So, yeah, um, uh, it's a very difficult question to answer, Danny. I'm sorry. Um, no, you had a good crack. <laughs> um, I think it's, you know, upwards of 70% of, of seafood that Australians eat is from overseas. I mean, to me, it's like even if we do have environmental, well, naturally we've got environmental concerns about the way fish is caught locally, but to me it feels like to outsource those concerns to other countries um, isn't really uh, doing our, it's not really doing our part. It's like if we live here, we want to feed ourselves as locally as possible, then I suppose we need, my view would be that we need to engage with the environmental um requirements of our own environment to fish sustainably so that we can we can feed ourselves. I totally agree. Um, you know, if you think about what's happening globally at the moment, um, there is a, a risk uh, that food could become scarce and Australia is in this unique position where, you know, this massive island that can actually feed itself. But if we continue down this path, where we've got um, intervention action that doesn't allow for um, what you've just spoken about, which is that balance between sustaining the environment and sustaining local industries. You know, if we don't have that balance right and we go, you know, too far in an interventionist path, then we're going to lose our local industry. And that's that's just wrong. It's It's wrong for... For you know, us as communities, it's wrong for the 
you know, the whole um, ecosystem of food production. Yeah, uh, I'm totally with you, Danny. Okay, Joanne, it's, look, it's been really fantastic to get your perspective and the views of Seafood Industry Victoria. Uh, it's certainly a huge topic. Um, hopefully in the future we'll be able to sit down and eat some King George Whiting together, fish from the bay, um, sometime soon. That would be lovely. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is-